I have a bone to pick. No, 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 no. We had it right with my generation, though. Borderline re-education dystopian nightmare fuel for conservatives. You are burdening me by being a charity case. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, mostly because I can't see the list, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're going to talk about some apparent mm, contradictions or contradiction-adjacent things in uh, the values of conservatives. Interesting. Any... Okay. There's a lot, I think. Um, but where do we start? Well, the thing that got me thinking about this topic uh, was a um, an interesting take that I heard from a conservative okay. um, about like conservative standards of morality, and and he did this to contrast with uh, the the today's liberal standard of morality. It may, may, it may be not entirely uh, new liberal standard of morality, but it definitely seems more. Uh, loud today than uh, than maybe it once was i don't know um so the uh the, the apparent contradiction here is that uh conservatives believe that we should have a high moral standard right mm -hmm. and usually this comes from some sort of like fear of degeneracy um often informed by religion or other traditions um right. you know so you know people people need to you know behave in a certain way you know they're they, they may like judge people for how they dress and things like that because this implies something about their moral character or whatever um yeah if we you don't want society be, society to be you know populated by lazy and sexually deviant and whatever people because morally corrupt individuals right or yeah whatever whatever things are, are icky yeah, like um, if your like if your doctor has facial piercings, and I think this kind of stems from this idea <laughs> that it's like, it. I think we both have conservative relatives, so I think it's easy for us to think about. But for those who don't know, it's like the, the way that my conservative relative explained it to me before. It's in a nutshell is how good is someone at making decisions? Period. That's where it starts, mm -hmm. and. The, but the metric by which how good are you are at making those decisions is determined by the the conservative. So, like my my, I'll, I'll go and tell who it is. My father will look at a young person with facial piercings or tattoos and be like, they made a stupid decision, and then, but from the, the based solely on that, they will assume this person makes other bad decisions and they right. will not trust them with anything that requires a high degree of responsibility right so like if that's why i joked like if your doctor has facial piercings yikes yeah they'd be like yikes you probably make other bad decisions like especially those, a new doctor i would yeah. like new doctor please yeah exactly yeah um but the the apparent contradiction here which was contrasted with uh liberal moral values conservatives think that the, the standard for morality should be low so that it is attainable by ordinary people. So th this conservative's criticism of liberal moral values is that everyone, uh, liberals, are quick to judge people for minor moral infractions. Mm. Um, 
this gets into concepts like microaggressions, but also, um, you know, being quick, being hasty to judge people as like a racist or whatever is that is uh, particularly mm-hmm. ugly in our culture. An isterphobe. Yeah. Yes. An isterophobe. Um, and conservatives don't like this because it sets an impossible standard of morality um, that ordinary people just cannot meet. And so it's unfair. Um, we, we're like defining our society to be immoral by doing this. Um, and well, and actually th- this particular conservative's point is not just that we're defining our country into being immoral because many liberals indeed believe that our country is immoral. Um, so that's not it, but that if you hold people to an impossible standard, they will give up even trying to reach the standard. Um, and that will make them even more immoral because they're not even trying to live up to the standard because they know they can't possibly reach it. That's interesting. Yes. Although I have a bone to pick. Mm -hmm. Most conservatives are religious. Not all, but most are. And I would go so more so far to say that most religions are inherently conservative because they are vessels for tradition and all kind of rely on, well, it it has been like this ergo correct you yes, know generally ergo de facto yeah um no one has an impossibly higher standard than god does right well at least in abrahamic religions in right. abrahamic religions exactly it's well even in non-abrahamic religions I, I don't know enough about the moral standards of non-abrahamic religions to comment on that well i would think that even in non-abrahamic religions it's kind of a I won't say all, but I think a lot of religions have a component in them of setting a really high bar to strive towards. I'll even take like an Eastern religion like Jainism, which is do no harm. Mm-hmm. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do by a Jain definition. They right. they won't even kill insects, for example. They, they'll go out of their way to attempt to not right, do so. Right, yes, I know about Jains. Yeah, they, they drink all their water through cheesecloth so they don't swallow a bug. Yeah, right. Um, that's, that's and, they, a, and they watch every step that they take so they don't crush something. Yeah, right. Those are also incredibly high standards. But what's missing, I think, in this person's complaint of the moral high standard that would be outlaid by someone who's more liberal is that there is no pathway for forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing, especially in the Abrahamic religions, is that there is always an impossibly high standard. And it is even kind of a component of those religions that you acknowledge that you are a failure in meeting that standard. Right. But you can do something to redeem yourself. For Christians, it is accept Jesus as your savior. For Jews, it is make a sacrifice of some sort. Right. Yeah. Things like that. It Like that. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. there's some component of the acknowledgement of your crimes against your religious, you know, uh, deity or principles. But, and there, but there's a repentance process by which... And that process is usually, on both sides, a fellowship-building factor. We are all sinners, ergo, we should work together. We also all strive to be better, ergo, cohesion. And I think that actually is probably this person's bigger complaint with it, because that doesn't exist in a tribalist system, because the standard while it might be impossibly high, is attainable, at least superficially. And it's usually the person, and this happens in religion too, but it's usually the person 
who appears to be following all those things, wielding the biggest stick. Mm -hmm. But they're also the ones beaten the hardest with that stick when they inevitably stumble. Mm -hmm. Good example. I mean, I don't like using relevant. This is not even that recent, actually. Um, look at the way people treated, you know, the, the story of J.K. Rowling, for those who don't know who that is, is a very interesting one. The uh, author of the Harry Potter series, the, the world famous Harry Potter series. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, that that's who she is. Um, she was held in very high regard by the people of this movement for attempting to be inclusive in her latter books of alternative lifestyles. I think particularly homosexuality, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, but... At the same time, the moment she stumbled, because she had led, she, she didn't lead that movement, I won't say, but she was held in a higher esteem because of that. But then when she stumbled, she, you know, the higher you are on the horse, the harder you hit the ground when you inevitably fall off. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no repentance built in. And more so, I think we've observed that that's kind of a thing that happens. Like most people these days who would be receiving the backlash for something from this group of people... If the nowadays a lot of people would say that the strategy is don't apologize doubling down has become far more prominent because you won't receive an optional way out you know so you might as well be embraced by the other side as mm -hmm. opposed to being hated on by everybody you know um so i think that might be more in line with what this person's complaint is because this happens in religions too mm -hmm. you know what i mean um the people hardest to uh forgive are usually former religious leaders i cite the whole incident involving scandals revolving around like the catholic church as an example yeah this is not one incident this is the the institution the institution of the catholic church yes. yeah um yeah if you are a pastor who is found to be performing morally corrupt actions involving young men or young children that's so much more unforgivable on top of the already unforgivability a lot of these people would have towards just a person who does those things. Right. But it's because you were held to a higher standard. Well, you you are the one up in the pulpit holding people to there the higher go. standard, and you don't even live up to your standard, and are also a disgusting person anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, I feel like the complaint that conservatives have about that system is not that... <laughs> the browbeating happens it's that there is no way for me to re-enter the fold right. right um yeah and you're you're cursed you're marked you're canceled as the the term may be yeah and, and it's not like the religious institutions haven't done this too i mean sure which trials the scarlet letter shall i go on this is a thing that has happened all throughout history and even within religious institutions, especially the more pious and strict and rigid you get about your, you know, standards. Yeah. Puritans I mean, yeah. by their name, you know. Sure. There's Puritans. I mean, but also the Catholic Church, they have the concept of excommunication, right? They do mm -hmm. this too. Yep. It, now you have to particularly, you have to offend the church particularly badly to be excommunicated, but still. Yeah, we'll go look at the results of some of that scandal and see who didn't get excommunicated. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty egregious. But still, you're right. Um, now, I will say, though, that there is there does, though, exist a double standard by its very nature within conservatism of I do agree that there is still probably some incoherency because the standard for forgiveness is insanely low. You just ask. Yeah. 
Well, for Christians, yeah. For Christians. But I guess but I guess what I'm saying though is is that this tenet of just demonstrating that you want to change or again, you don't actually have to do any changing, really. I'm sure after enough times you would, but like that I think that's where the do, the dual standard system comes in. The standard you strive for is incredibly high, but the standard you can use to get back in is incredibly low. And that is a conflicting thing mm-hmm. that I'm sure people will argue goes in concert, but it is a double standard, literally a double standard because, and it's no different. I think for the other side of things with the exception being that there is that there's not that other standard. So if anything, there's a conservative complaint that the double standard doesn't exist mm-hmm. for the, you know, the SJW types or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're wrong and I need my way out. You know what I mean? When I fail inevitably. Right. That's my analysis on it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it, it, that would be, that might be being generous to how much thought goes in, into it. Um, my, my impression is that the thought is um, you're obnoxious for holding me to such a high standard. Right. Um, that, that kind of thing uh even though i i don't think many people want to be want to acknowledge that they are just annoyed by being held to a standard um well but i think also you know there 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 are genuinely annoying and unfair things that happen in as as liberals judge people by their high moral standards um you know like digging up things that people said decades ago to condemn them today for it and it's like okay yeah what You've dug this thing up. Now, what what is going to change because of this? All you've done is just use this to to beat me and call me a bad person, but nothing has changed. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that there's also often a concept that you're not doing this for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You don't actually care about X, you know X cause. You just want to malign me in some way. Right. That's what yeah, it's about. You want to feel better about yourself by condemning me. Right. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. This is something that especially religious conservatives have absolutely been guilty of too. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, the Saturday Night Live character um, from Dana, Dana Harvey, I think is his name. Maybe it's Carvey. I can't remember. Uh, he dressed up like a church lady mm-hmm. who talked a bunch of smack about everybody in the church who was like, oh, bless that person's heart. They're so sweet. But don't you know that she's got a drug problem? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's this weird dichotomy of things where under the veil of I'm trying, or the, I don't think they ever did this, but it, this reminds me of other things where it's like, oh, does anyone have a prayer request? That is an please, excellent please opportunity. give me things to gossip about, yes. Yeah, which is a great way to stand up and offer something that's supposed to be a kindness to someone else while also just announcing to the room some inadequacy or personal misdeed that they've dealt with. Like, well, I would like to offer up that we pray for X person in the congregation in their struggle against their drug addiction and then sit back down. You have done two things. You have there. The motive there is totally a toss up. Um, it's gossip. It's gossip. But on the surface it's, well, but I asked for a prayer request. I clearly want them to be better. But in the meantime, I'm going to make hay out of this, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, but that all comes out in the like the the ultimate judgment from a religious conservative. Well, not not even a conservative. It doesn't have to be, but 
uh, from a from a religious person is I'll pray for you. Oof, right? yeah. Like that's yeah, that is casting a judgment. You know, it's kind of funny. Okay, quick sidebar on that. Uh it's hilarious to watch someone who is not used to that system hear that and think it's a good thing. Yes. It's hilarious to that's me. That's why it exists because yeah, you can get away with saying things that are really mean. Uh, but people think that, oh, well, okay, they're just being nice to me in their way. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're actually being very rude and you're oblivious to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're essentially saying that only God can help you now. Like you're that far gone. You know, I can't even help you. God needs you to help you. Yeah. It's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if we want to jump down that road just yet, but that provides an interesting segue into one of these other topics, I think. So another thing that we, that has been often stated of conservatives that they are kind of hypocritical maybe about, or there's a contradiction Mm -hmm. uh, has to do with, there's like two conflicting ideas. One is that we should keep the peace. Society should be pleasant, you know, kind, or at least, you know, people should feel comfortable. We should get along with each other. Yes. Yep. But they also think that you are entitled to your own opinion and that no one can tell you what to think or do. And you should be free to share that opinion. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, can often be perceived as mean <laughs> and... And not peaceful. And not peaceful. Yeah. Um. So this is, this is an interesting case of, like, American politics. Mm-hmm. Because it's like there's been a nice... Uh, or not, not a nice, but a um, there's been a, a role reversal between conservatives and liberals on this front. Um where you know like freedom of speech is a liberal value right in the conventional sense of that term liberal yeah um it is a liberty yes yeah literally a liberty to say as you please Mm -hmm. um and historically conservatives have suppressed this liberty um in order to uphold their traditions that they hold so dearly Mm -hmm. um great example being um the Spanish Inquisition. Well, um. <laughs> not even that far back, but like, um, what were they? Social decency laws where mm-hmm. artists, particularly musicians like the Beastie Boys or rock artists would actually be arrested for using profanity. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah, know. just for saying a word. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, these were all laws on the books not that long ago in heavy conservative areas where people would be upset that these people would be saying profanity and actually make them want them arrested and they would be arrested and charged and processed. Yeah. But these days, American conservatives are uh, demanding that we uphold free speech because now they're on the receiving end of the, the punishments, yeah. um, not legal punishments usually not yet Um, but social punishments um and punishments from like businesses and things like that that have you know some some level of of mm, would you call it power i don't know maybe um i would call it power yeah it's it's it it is a type of power yeah um to uh to try to suppress those so that so they're they're promoting the values of free speech because they are currently at a disadvantage but you know, history being bound to repeat itself. As soon as they have the advantage again, they're going to denounce free speech and say that you need to shut up and stick with the program. Um, right. Well, like a good example would be that 
you could argue that these laws against saying profane things in public, it would not, I think, be uncharitable to say that those people who are advocated for those laws, conservatives, would say that those things that those people were saying were hateful. You know, mm-hmm. like certain, you know, slang, well, maybe not slang words, just, just words. curse words, whatever yeah. you want. I, I don't want to give examples because we're trying to stay rude clean. words, rude yeah. words. Yeah. Hateful. But now if I would, if I were to go up to a conservative and say, don't you think that there should be some laws in the books about speech that's particularly hateful? They, their mind does not go to that. It goes to, nope, I'm going to get arrested for this because I'm going to accidentally misgender someone, or I'm going to voice my opinion, how I feel about a particular group. And I could actually be arrested for that now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. So I should be able to say what I want to say. Yeah. You know, even though 30 years ago, even I would not have asked for the same or I fought the same or would have fought the same. Right. But if they saw somebody standing on a street corner with a sign that said like F the military or whatever, they wouldn't like that very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or your religious symbol is a something they don't like. Right. I Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's a bit of a contradiction. Um, However, I do think this is something that they are rightfully complaining about, that it is a contradiction, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, Which, that's a thing that's pretty common in any ideological group. They love certain ideas when they benefit them, but they hate them when they're used against them and would love to, in any tribal situation, rules for thee but not for me kind of thing, you know. I've I've been reading a book lately about um well the 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 topic of the book is not about this but lately the the chapters i've been reading have been involving uh the opinions of the religious on the uh, on religious freedom and there's a strong parallel here where religious minorities are very happy to espouse the virtues of religious liberty but as soon as they attain majority they don't care about religious liberty anymore they want to institute theocracy. Yep. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, in America is a great example of that. Sure. You know, there were plenty of even mo- very similar religious groups that were splitting hairs. Like there wasn't a clear majority in the United States. You could argue that it was Protestantism, but. And while the, there was a majority of Protestants, this was a time when Protestants would actually split hairs with each other enough and not even see each other as remotely the same religion Mm -hmm. you know quakers and puritans fundamentally disagreed about a lot of things and neither would agree to see themselves the same um they they when it was a crime to be a quaker in some places things like that like (laughs) right yeah um yeah no i i I totally agree this is an absolute parallel to that Mm -hmm. um so yeah be a hypocrite um now i would say though that but how do we how do we feel about these values? I think that the way like how do you rectify these things? I suppose I agree with the general notion of keeping the peace, sure. But I think when it comes to the priority of those two things, speech trumps peace. You yeah I, I well yeah I think that axiomatically speech should not be considered force right. Mm-mm. And I think that, yeah, I, I value a society that keeps the peace in terms of force, right? We should not be literally fighting each other all the time. Yeah. Um, or preferably at all, right? We should not mm-hmm. be fighting each other. But 
words, no matter how aggressive they are, should be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that another interesting thing that kind of flipped as well in a similar way is the perception of speech as a force, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly, I think there's still some agreement on that. Good example, um, religious conservatives actually believe that words hold mystical power. Yes. They actually believe that. Mm-hmm. It, prayer is an example. But Catholicism, for example, you know, has books on words you can utter in a certain phrase that supposedly summon demons, real things to them, which, by the way, probably aren't. But in the same way that, you know, people on the more liberal, modern liberal end of the thing actually feel as though words can cause actual physical harm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we don't call them curse words for no reason, it's because the perception at one point in time was that you were actually placing a curse that had real world implications on someone just by saying something. And that's ludicrous. Uh, and I think that both sides to some degree can agree, would actually agree that words hold significant power mm-hmm. and that they should be treated with a demodicum of force. And that's a problem. Fortunately, they will drop that standard the moment the other person would argue it in the other direction, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and we see that now conservatives will say that these words are not force and harmful. Um, er, you know, right. I'm just saying my opinion. Yeah. And then the liberals, the other way, the liberals will say, but this is just my opinion though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and then, you know, but the liberals would also be of the opinion that like, Oh, those I should be able to say satanic things because they have no, it, you know, because it's, you know, it doesn't, words don't actually have that. Power. They're, they're meaningless to me. Yeah. And that's and, exactly it. They're yeah. meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. Ergo, I set the standard for what should, they both have that same opinion. Your words are meaningless to me. My words are meaningful to everyone. It's kind of the, I mm-hmm. think, mentality for both. Um, so in a way, you know, that is a juxtaposition of those conservative values, but it's not one that uh, their opposition is also free of, I yeah. would say. Speaking of all this change and flip-flopping that has occurred, um, I find that there's an interesting... So the biggest thing that I think you could use to demarcate a value or a belief or ideology as conservative is their loyalty, well, loyalty and tradition, those kinds of concepts. Um, however, it is also a conservative idea. Meritocracy is often touted as a conservative idea, or it's Mm -hmm. more in alignment with the conservative ideology. Right. Well, people who are, the people who tend to succeed in a meritocracy the most are those that innovate. Innovation by its very nature is a change from the way things were previously done. Mm -hmm. So... Which is distinctly not conservative. Distinctly not conservative. Yeah, because like a defining characteristic of conservatism is not changing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one, I think some people would argue that, well, you know, innovation in the business sense, you know, tradition for social things, but for economics, innovation's okay. Well, that's fine and good and all, but... This is another American value, though. True. Yeah, and to be fair... People definitely were burned and otherwise killed for trying to innovate before. (laughs) Right, absolutely. (laughs) By conservatives, because, yeah. Well, and but 
in addition to those things, uh, you know, I think even in the American system, you know, I am more likely to hear a conservative talk about, quote, new fangled technology uh-huh. than I am a, a more liberally minded person. Right. Now, I say that there might be that might be due to the overlap that the older a person tends to get, the more conservative they tend to get. That might be why. Right. But that's still conservatism. So. Right. I don't like it. It's unfamiliar. I don't like change. Yeah. I want things to stay the same. Um, but you also definitely do want to benefit from those changes, whether you realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's kind of funny. You can, I think there are really f- numerous anecdotal reasons. I think most people have had the experience of trying to teach a parent or grandparent to use a cell phone mm-hmm. and watched how they, you know, kicked and screamed the whole time they were trying to learn it but by the time now it's inseparable from them i don't yeah. know i know i went through that with my folks yes so yeah. it's like getting a baby to take medicine it's ridiculous <laughs> um but i don't know it, that one's i think a little bit more like at least nowadays i think it's a little bit more um it's not so damaging or just, you know, or anything like that. I think it's just a little bit more minor of a inconvenience, Um, but it could actually hold up progress in meaningful ways. Um, Stem cell research is a really good example of that. Now Mm. that's got its own issues to be fair that are not necessarily inextricably linked, but people finding out about the way things are done Mm -hmm. Um, make them really skeptical, which again, nothing wrong with being skeptical, but when you approach things from like the skeptical view of it's bad until it's good, yeah, that's kind of a problem. It, you know, um, and also a bit hypocritical because they hate being, anyone would hate the standard of you're guilty until you're proven innocent or you're a bad person until you're a good person. I think conservatives mm-hmm. generally hold the idea that people are good people until otherwise i don't know maybe i'm wandering off on a thread this is this is another american thing okay but my experience is american conservatism yeah i know well okay so the the, to to quote a this is kind of turning into a trope of a quote and i don't know who to attribute this quote to um but america is a prime example of the uh the idea like okay the, the the trope is Society needs both liberals and conservatives. Liberals to fight for important social change and conservative to defend it a few decades from now. Um, <laughs> because today's liberals are tomorrow's conservatives. Kind of true. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that makes sense. Like, yeah, like the reason the reason old people are more conservative is not because you just get old and cynical and you start hating the world. It's because, no, you spent your younger years fighting for certain things, arguing for certain things and got society basically to where you wanted to get it to. But it wants to keep moving without you. And you don't like that. Well, yeah. And you don't want to have to continue to work to keep up. You don't want to have to continue. Well, but or or you might genuinely object to what the next generation has in mind. Right. Where it's like, no, 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 no. We had it right with my generation, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a cartoon of you get pushing a car to get it started. Then it gets going and then you get in. Then someone else starts pushing in another direction. And then you're worried about getting out and being drug along behind it. Right. It's yeah. a weird boomerang. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, America is founded on 
liberal values, but today's conservatives defend them because it's the American tradition. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of funny how that'd be. Um, I think something that kind of goes along with this is uh, it, it, there are similar things, too, when it comes to education. Uh, now, the conservative reaction to anything when it comes to education is, well, I learned it just fine. So you can learn the same thing that I learned and will be just fine, mm-hmm. even though they learned things through others trying it. I, I think I put this down as tradition versus science because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is uh, the biggest historical catalyst that i can think of for this at least when i was growing up in particular was um the theory of evolution versus natural or versus like artificial selection or you know i don't know what 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 is the term for that like god creating everything essentially or creationism that's it yeah sorry um and it's kind of funny you know, because there were similar attitudes towards other things. People who drive cars now and hate non-gasoline cars mm-hmm. would have been the same people riding horses before there were gas cars and hating gas-powered cars. Yes. You know, it, it's the same example of transients forward. But in education, I think it's particularly pernicious because education is usually where those new ideas that that next generation is going to start pushing come from. And... I think one of the reasons you see such a fight over education when it comes to political ideology, it it does have something to do with getting votes for your side down the road. Mm -hmm. But what is the point of those votes? It's to ensure that your way of life is propped up by the next generation and they will or won't depending on their particular beliefs. My way of life is the best way of life and society should do things the way that I do. Yes. Yep. And this manifests in some very interesting ways. Um, to to some liberal folks' credit, I have noticed that there are a liberal parent is much more likely to be accepting of an alternative form of education that their child is receiving than compared to what they received. Mm-hmm. Um, similar things when it comes to like fashion trends or whatever, um, but conservatives certainly aren't. Um, right. A good example of this, in particularly conservative areas, um, uh, I distinctly remember uh, being in college, um, and I was never a member of a fraternity or a sorority. Both shockingly conservative places. Mm -hmm. Even though they were up on the day's lingo, they were weird hybrids of very liberal in certain ways, but ultra conservative in others. Um, One of the things that, but I had a a relative that was involved in one and I had friends that were involved in them. Um, But like one of the things they would do is when they would have their formal events, I mean, black tie, you know, suit and tie, formal long length floor dresses you could have taken the picture in black and white and it would have looked like it came out of, you know, a history book. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing they were doing. And that's how they would run around town in the evening dressed up in their bow ties and all this stuff like that, because that's what you did. You know, there's this veneer of you need to be a gentleman or a lady, even though, you know, today's latest hip hop beats are playing over the speakers. It's a weird juxtaposition. That, That is very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you might be in the club, you know, or whatever, tearing it up, but you're doing it dressed like a good old boy or a good old gal. You know what I mean? Yeah. When really you should be listening to the real rebels music, New Orleans jazz, um, <laughs> Dixieland. Yes. Um, <laughs> Let me take a brief tangent to appreciate Dixieland jazz. Yes, it's good. We have the power to edit in some Dixieland jazz here, but I feel like we're not going to. We're we're not going to. Yeah. And by we, I mean me. I can't be bothered. <laughs> we need an intern really bad. <laughs> so we can go, you know, cut, note. <laughs> some of that stuff's almost out of copyright. Um, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but back to education. Even conservatives, though, will acknowledge that you need to be self-sufficient in certain ways, um, which that's its own topic we'll get to briefly. But the circumstances in which you should be self-sufficient change. Ergo, the strategies and knowledge required to be able to care for oneself in those changing circumstances require a different type of education, different knowledge, different skills than they did prior yes um so it's a weird you know juxtaposition i think between those things um it may be more and so even for the same stuff there might be better methods for 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 learning how to do it my my favorite example how i can identify a conservative from a liberal when we talk about education is well now this is a okay this is not this doesn't qualify really as a current event anymore it's it's happened long enough ago but still um so that this this may date this slightly uh the united states common core oh yeah I yes remember that. yeah remember that um i remember <laughs> yeah when i hear people complain oh the kids ain't learning to multiply numbers the same way that i did when i was in school they're multiplication tables right um and it, it's like okay well maybe somebody came up with a, a better way to do it that is more intuitive to more people right like, yeah, the method that I learned, which is not the supposed common core method, works for me, but I also just kind of ha have a natural intuition for arithmetic, right? Yeah. Um, but not everybody has that. So, I mean, like, I'm not going to say that, well, I it worked for me, so it should work for you. That's not necessarily true. Now, I don't know all the details of, of what things common core changed that was just after my time. I just know that kids these days can't do long division. That's all I know. Like, I don't know how they teach it. Yeah. Um, I remember being exposed to something when I, in my first year of college called synthetic division. And that was kind of weird to me. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. I've heard that. And I was like, this and doesn't I don't remember make how any to do sense. It. Yeah. For some reason I had to do that. I don't remember why I had to do that in, in college. I think we were doing, I think it was like, we were doing it with algebraic expressions that made it a college thing. But yeah, it was <laughs> <It's> weird. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I can't remember how to do that. It was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not long division. Right. But at the same time, I, I also look at things like, um, this is a person I don't think we've shouted out yet on the channel is a YouTube channel. Um, and three blue, one Brown. I don't know if we've shouted him out before. I, I feel like we, we might've mentioned him one time. Well, definitely deserves more. For those of you who don't know, uh, this is a, it's not just a math YouTube channel, but it's a YouTube channel that's heavily math related. And they teach mathematical concepts and advocate for better ways to teach mathematics to people because it's not inherently intuitive. Yeah, both in a, uh, in well, yeah, in like a philosophical sense, like not not in a phil not in a 
pedagogical sense mm -hmm. of how like the the methods of teaching but the mathematical philosophical sense of we need we should teach students these mathematical concepts in this way not like with this method but have them think about it in this way right um and obviously we're talking very high up in the abstract right now um mm. but yes like okay recommendations for three blue one brown videos if you want to get an appreciation maybe you never had a, a real appreciation for mathematics before um his video on bayes theorem yeah um that is fantastic um and i i gave that to somebody who had who had an interest in Bayes' theorem and was frustrated by the way that every professor they ever talked to just could not explain it. And the three blue, one brown video made sense because he just talks about it uh, the way, like he gives an example of how you can basically derive it yourself. That's what he does with most of his videos is he doesn't just walk you through the history of it, but essentially walks you down a fast logical train of thought of how you can get from basic stuff that you learned in elementary school to uh this complex thing later on yeah this complex thing that is very intimidating at first glance yeah um the other one is his series on the essence of calculus yes um yeah and and, and many others yeah yeah it, yeah exactly he, his approach is essentially a very non-traditional one which is that these things are not just, they didn't just come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, these things all link together and can be, they're all within the same system. Well, and, he, and he puts it in context of like, the, the it's not just, here's how to do a calculus, right? It, well, obviously, okay, there's not a way to do a calculus. Calculus is a field with many different distinct concepts, but... I've, I've done calculuses before. <laughs> um, but... It's, yeah, here here is the problem that somebody was trying to solve. Right. And not necessarily the first one, because, like, you know, Newton is credited with creating calculus, and he was doing it to explain some of his uh, natural laws that he was writing down. Mm -hmm. But, so, so, Three Blue, One Brown does not take you through Isaac Newton to get to calculus. No. But it's like, yeah, here's this thing that is, that if you were trying to figure this out, and had no knowledge of calculus, you would end up inventing calculus to solve the problem. Right. And that also inherently is kind of anti-conservative because one of the core tenets of conservatism, if there were any, it's tradition. The idea behind tradition is that we do these things because we have. You don't really need to know why we do them. That's not as important as doing them because we have. Like... It's it's essentially the ideology of, well, I did it this way, and I'm telling you to do it this way, it, ultimately because I said so. And why did I do it? Because I was told so. And I know that's a gross oversimplification, mm -hmm. and it's looking beyond the other, you know, asterisk that comes with this is, right. but we have gotten to where we are because we did these things. Yeah, the, 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 the quote that I hear is, the, the way that I was taught worked fine for me. Why do we need to change it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there could be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is because your teacher did not necessarily have the best information available to them at the time. Right. And this is true, I think, for most things coming with an education. And also, without getting too deep in the pedagogy of it all, um, 
once you've learned to do something a certain way, it kind of sticks with you to think about it that way. It is very hard because you can't just learn a new way of thinking about it necessarily. You kind of had to unlearn, if you will. Like, there's a reason we call it that. Mm-hmm. You have to back out of this habit that you formed to then consider another way, which is borderline re-education, dystopian, nightmare fuel for conservatives. Mm-hmm. This idea of... Being open-minded is kind of a dog whistle of, oh, they're just trying to indoctrinate me. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you can actually consider someone's option, you know, consider something else that other than the way you've thought about it without being indoctrinated. But it, it's so similar in how you would perform these actions that I think that that's the fear, right? Um, A good example, I think of this is, I mean, you can you can literally look at science this way when it comes to that uh, evolution versus creationism. If you have built your entire understanding of the world based on this idea that it was just created, it's very simple. It's easy to understand. Things are this way because they're this way because a thing made it. And where did that thing come from? Not important. Simple as. Right. <laughs> literally creationism. They didn't teach me to ask that question. They didn't teach yeah. me to ask that question. Right. But the moment, and I think the other resilience is that a lot of these things, and this is a good thing, by the way, in science, things are interlinked and shingled. Your knowledge of one thing often is built on standing on the shoulders of these giant piles of other things that other people have discovered. Mm-hmm. And you, once you ask the question about the first thing, and, you know, to kind of go back and look at the way this happened organically, you know, when uh, you're looking at like finches in the Galapagos these set of islands, why are these birds slightly different from each other? Mm -hmm. But it correlates to their location. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? And weird, weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, but in order to explain it, and if you can accept that, yeah, animals change over time. Okay. But do they ever make a different species? Can they reproduce together? No, they can't. Okay. If you extrapolate that down deep enough, it's possible that we all came from one thing. And then that's where it blows out the water because now everything is different and everything is different from the way you understood it. Now you have to, there. now you know, in order to accept this, you have to accept the reality that there are reasons probably more in depth and would take longer for you to understand than you probably have time for as to why this thing be this way. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's no longer acceptable you have to be okay with saying, well, I don't know why this is the way it is, but I'm sure there is a reason and I could go look it up Mm -hmm. and someone else has, and someone else has gone and checked it and I'm just going to have to go with it. But that is so antithetical, I think to a lot of what's offered by the simpler solution, which is, ah, yes, I know this, right? I didn't have to prove it. I just know it. And you can't tell me I'm wrong. Right. But the reason that you know it, because you were told it's it. because somebody told you that yeah. and you just believed it yeah yeah so it, it is an issue i think uh, a bit uh, we could go on all day i think about that one probably um so i think the last one we have written down was something i alluded to earlier which was uh self-sufficiency yes the one okay so this is one that I, I don't know if this is an american thing too conservative thing but we'll get into it but there's two virtues that kind of conflict uh one is that charity is good you know, caring for the less yes. fortunate. Generosity is a virtue. Yep. yep. However, 
if you need that generosity, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that may be a newer thing. Um, Maybe. It depends. That It's it, definitely going to be, it's going to depend on where and when. Well, I think it is one of those things where it, I guess it has to do with your perception of pity. Right. Most conservatives, at least as long as I've been aware of it anyway, one of the most offensive things you can do to someone is pity them. Mm-hmm. Like... If I'll I, pray for you. Exactly. <laughs> if if I wanted to be uh, disowned from my family, all I would have to do is look at my father and say, man, I pity you, man. It, oh, my God. It, instant, I hate you. This is horrible. Don't put me down there with the rest of them. Yeah. Because they can't take care of themselves. I take care of myself. Right. I'm a man. Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah. So... Yeah, taking care, at least in our society, taking care of yourself is part of being at least a man, but increasingly an adult. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's often the result of why you'll see conservatives cringe at the word adulting. Mm -hmm. They hate that word. Hate it. Well, makes you think we all do this, you know? know. Yeah, why is this a special thing to you? That yeah. you're adulting today. Just do what you should. It's just what you should be it's doing. It's called life. Yes. Yeah, it's called life. Just live. <laughs> what you call adulting, I just call living. <laughs> Jeez. That could find itself on a t-shirt or a trucker hat. I guarantee it. We um, could actually make a bunch of money from that. We really could. <clears throat> uh, please cite this episode when you decide to start this business because I can't be bothered. But uh, we just want to know how well it does. We actually don't even care that much about the royalties. Although, if Please you give wanted... a small donation to philosophers. Yes, yes. yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of a weird, isn't it? I I kind of want to attribute it to a similar idea about the whole double standard thing of mm-hmm. you need to be setting a really high moral standard but having a low moral acceptance um, where if everyone were perfect, we would not need to worry about forgiveness. But no one's perfect, so we need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, in an ideal world, everyone would be self-sufficient and we wouldn't need charity. But but not everybody is self-sufficient. So, so we, we need, need charity. charity. Yeah. Yes. So it's this weird kind of goal to strive for that's a virtue, but also. Well, yeah. I, know, I, 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 yeah, they're opposites. Right. So if you are pitiful, um, then, you know, you are you are judged. You are, you know, looked down upon by those who are better off. Um, and if you are a charitable person, this is particularly good because it's the opposite of being pitiful, right? Yeah. I am so well off that I can carry this other person too. Even though I really wish I didn't have to. I wish I didn't have to. Yes. You are burdening me, uh, by, by being a charity case. Um, but the fact that I can still carry you says a lot about my social status or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of funny because it almost seems like charity being a virtue was something that was like it came about because it was just too uncouth to say, "Well, just let them die." <laughs> like, right. Um, it, it's like the most begrudging thing. It seems like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be. I abs- better get some moral good boy points for this. You know. 
Well, I think it's, I think, it, okay, if I, if I, if I can make up an anecdote, um, you know, I, I, I can definitely imagine a situation where it's like, okay, this person over here is, you know, incapable, can't take care of himself or whatever. We all feel bad for him, but we would all feel a lot worse if he were to just die. Um, oh, look, this gentleman over there picked up the tab, right? And helped him out. Thank goodness. Thank for goodness for him because now I don't have to. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And if you're the gentleman picking up the tab, you're either an actually morally good person who just wants to help others, unlikely, and more likely, you're looking around and no one else is going to do it, and you're the happen to be the most upset about it, and the best you'll get in return is a token gesture from everyone else, mm -hmm. because those moral good boy points literally net you nothing. Mm, I don't know if that's true. There's definitely some social uh capital there that you might be able to cash in on at some point maybe but i mean how much do you have to give you get a reputation for that like that's the thing okay that's true but that reputation what is it worth i don't know it depends on what other opportunities there are in the society but more importantly okay let me put it this way what is the difference between being the most generous person in town and being the second most generous person in town mm-hmm you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It pays to be first, but if you're not first, you better be doing it for yourself because people might say like, oh, this person's very generous, I guess. But you're not the most generous. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I was actually thinking of it the opposite way when you posed the question. Really? Of who knows who is the most generous, but I know who a generous person is. I, I, again, I guess. I don't know. Like who's keeping score? The people who care about being generous <laughs> are keeping score, I think. Because, again, if you're in it for the good boy points, you're probably keeping score. <laughs> the people who would be benefiting, those mm -hmm. who would actually act to take advantage of the benefits offered, definitely are. Mm -hmm. You know? But, yeah, it's a bit messed up, I guess. Like, but there's a lot of things like that. I mean, the double standards are rife. Um, but... And there's a bunch that I, I don't know. It's hard to put pen to paper on like mm -hmm. doing things that you know are wrong and that everyone knows is wrong. The Baptist in the liquor store. I'll just use that example. Yes, that's the, the Everybody classic. knows that you're in the liquor store. You know, your guy knows you see your pastor in there. You're both in there, but no one's going to say anything about it. It's all fine until someone brings it into reality by saying it. Right. And that's my problem. Like, that's my real bone. Shut up about it and keep showing up to church. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's the veneer and facade. Like, we all need to believe. And this is behind every white glove, black hat, whatever society. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's all a veneer. It's all posturing. It, it's a social game, yes. you know, and I hate it. I really hate it because it's people making up rules because they felt like it and they decided and then playing by those rules and then being upsetty spaghetti when other people just decide, nah, I'm not playing by those stupid rules because mm -hmm. they're not important or meaningful. And then it's all chalked up to, uh, can you believe that person's break, you know, breaking with tradition? You know, I think we talked about this a bit when it came to obligations. This is a very similar thing to that discussion, mm -hmm. which hear me out. Conservatives are hands down the people that love them obligations mm -hmm. and hate them at the same time. Mm -hmm liberals are like that too these days but <sighs> i guess 
But like familial obligations are yes. way more a family thing. Yeah, familial sorry. obligations or obligation to one's country, things like that. Loyalty, that concept. Yes, loyalty is a conservative concept, yes. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> that, I, I don't know. I think it all speaks to a weird problem. And this is probably just an American's conservative thing, I guess, because it's kind of a religious thing that we've talked about before. But it's this self self-loathingness that exists mm-hmm. you know um i'm going to be the long-suffering manservant and that's my favorite character in the movie and it's like why they don't have to be that oh but because i was told i had to be and it was righteous i did it anyway mm-hmm. you know and it's such a barrier to things like success like I know a multitude of folks who are skeptical, and this goes for both sides. They just hate successful people because they assume they did something wrong to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's because they saw themselves at one point potentially being able to be successful. From the conservative perspective, I feel like it's they know they could have been that successful if it weren't for all of their moral hangups. And they're just mad that the other person didn't have to play by those rules too. And for liberals, it's more a... It's similar but different where you just had special privileges that I didn't have, even though they did often or the other person didn't have those advantages, but they're just upsetty spaghetti because they didn't figure it out. I'm saying that because I'm like making light of this situation that is just apparently is just a dire problem for others. And because spaghetti is a fun word. It is a very fun word. The Italians and they're using eyes <laughs> and O's on the end of sentences. I do appreciate. Thank you very much for your vowel ending words. <laughs> rolls right off the tongue but anyway so yeah that's some contradicting things about conservative i'm sure there's a conservative out there that's just like oh no those aren't contradicting at all it's not like that but yeah it is to everyone else so i mean be mad i guess next Um, week the contradicting uh values of italians (laughs) hmm literally every (laughs) literally every um quib i've ever heard about um the the young okay i'm for the record this is coming from the perception of particularly italian americans in film and media Mm -hmm. where you have the mother who's like this is my dear sweet boy he gets into a little bit of trouble but he's a sweetheart really but she knows he's out there doing terrible things but he's our sweet boy and her con she can't rectify the contradiction. He's never a monster, you know, <laughs> and then someone confronts her with it and she just starts weeping and crying like, no, no, Jimmy, it can't just, be him. Yeah. It can't be him, you know? Um, uh, and the specific, oh no, I'm not going to go into it. But anyway, I don't want to go into specifics with anybody. That's not the point of this episode. Um, but no, I think everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's, it's kind of a funny, uh, a thing. Yes. So you have anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I don't think so. Philosophers, philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.